The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Casual Friday the 8th. It's coming out on Friday afternoon. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, Aram Layton, the three of us back together. We're talking about a variety of things. Shohei Otani is the best baseball player that God has ever put on this green earth. Um, what else? Tarek Skubal kind of stinks now. How about that? Uh, the commissioner decided to offer some sympathy all-stars for uh, aging superstars and future Hall of Famers, which was pretty interesting. And uh, we've got that going on. We also want to get to the Futures game rosters as well. So uh, first and foremost, Peter, how we doing, man? Nodding. Good. Doing well. Doing well. My, um, my forehead is peeling like nobody's business. I don't know if you guys can see that on YouTube. I look like a warm chocolate chip cookie. Um, a couple of days ago, and now I'm just the the crust is peeling off. I look disgusting, but I feel good, and I'm ready probably, to roll. Yeah, probably delicious too. Aram, how about you, man? <laughs> I, I'm not peeling, uh, but I'm I'm living. It's good. The weather's nice in New York. I'm probably not as good as as California right now for Peter, but uh, dude, I I I cannot <laughs> I cannot express. I don't know if you saw Jack when Peter Peter and I had the episode at the beginning of the week. He was so red. Like he, he was rivaling your hoodie. Now he looks a lot, a lot more like normal color or whatever, but guy came straight from San Diego. You'd think he was like just laying in the sun for like 10 hours, which I think I you kind of were. I would like to combat that slightly. I would say more of a bronze. Okay. Maybe yes. more of a maroon. Okay. Yeah. Rather than a red. I'm not that white. I mean, I'm a white <laughs> guy, but not that white. I would say more of a maroon. Maroon fair. Um, so you know what my problem was? Cause when we went to Syracuse, like you get the sun, what 70 days a year there. That's, I think that's a I was going to say number. seven. That's generous. Yeah. yeah. Closer to seven yeah. than Drop seven. The zero. It's incredible. So, you know, growing up like Midwest, okay. The sun disappears for a while, but like you still see consistent sunlight in the summertime. I go to Syracuse and, you know, I would like not get super burned. I would get a nice tan going. After my freshman year at Syracuse, came back, went to a White Sox game, and in like the third inning, I was as red as I've ever been in my entire life. Like I forgot how to intake sunlight when I was in upstate New York for college. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Did you guys run into that problem too? Did you arm? What just, just lack of sunlight? I got that Syracuse was I, I always thought seasonal depression wasn't real, but and then you got to Syracuse, New York. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that was good for me is I got to go home. So then you'd absorb some of that Santa Barbara sun. You just go back to Chicago where it's arguably even colder. <laughs> yeah. So hey, it's hot as hell in the summertime, man. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get into baseball. Shohei Otani, speaking of Southern California, this guy's a freak of nature over so, his last three starts. Yeah, Peter. 
No, so I was just going to say, Arm, I want your opinion on this too. The Marlins have at least done pretty well against right-handed pitching this year. And in his last start, he went seven innings, two hits, 10 strikeouts, and looked like God himself. But I was actually expecting, I even think I put it in the group chat, I was said, Shohei Otani might have a little bit of a rough start. You know, it's a travel day for him in Miami. He was traveling almost across the country on the road where he struggled historically in his career. And what did he do? He didn't care at all. He, it was one of the best starts of the season. So I'm just curious, have you seen that from some guys, like some of the big-time pitchers that come into Miami on the road and don't pitch as good as you might think they would? But he just – it's not that he didn't pitch good. He pitched phenomenally. I mean, he's bit like Jack was about to probably get into what he's done the last three-plus starts. He's just been locked in. So he's just kind of kept doing what he's been doing, hit his spots and mixed – didn't Almost matter. every pitch in there. I mean, what, what are the last three starts look like, Jack? Uh, I, I went to four starts because he had six shutout innings against Seattle uh, as well. So his last four starts, uh, I think I've got the math right here. That's 26 and two-thirds innings. Um, that's seven plus eight is 15 plus six is 21 plus 5.2 is, yeah, 26 and two-thirds. Um, you've got, let's see, 12 hits against him, no earned runs, Uh Three plus five or three plus two is five, six, seven walks, and 10 plus 11, 21 plus 13 is 34 plus six is 40 strikeouts. So 40 strikeouts in 26 and two thirds, seven walks, zero earned runs in his last four starts. And he's so, the best hitter on the Angels. He's the best. He's just hitter. on a different level. To me, watching that start too, because I, I took the over in his K's in that one, because I was just like, he's going to dice this team up. And the Marlins lineup obviously is a bit decimated right now, uh, even relative to what they are used to. But I, the location of everything, like he was mixing in all of his pitches and spotting up, and and his his slider is disgusting. I, I don't know. I mentioned this, uh, I think, on the last episode, but my my grandfather literally calls me my grandfather's 87 calls me at 11 p.m and just is like i'm watching this this otani guy right now i never get to watch him because he, he lives in florida about two minutes from me from where my mom lives and he's like, i never get to watch this guy oh my goodness i've had so much fun uh and and he just like can't stop talking about otani and that's you know my 87 year old grandpa we talk about how someone like otani ushers in like the youth and you know can maybe bring in some football fans to like give baseball a little bit of a watch because he's so unique. My 87 year old grandpa was enjoying Shohei Otani for what he was. So I think that's pretty cool. Okay. So last year when Peter and I talked to Bob Costas, he said that Shohei Otani was his favorite player to watch in current baseball, right? Because of what he can do. Uh, Howard Kelman, who also is the old guard of baseball brought up how much fun he's having watching Shohei Otani. I think that's a very underrated part of what Shohei is doing right now, because yes, you look at the eye popping numbers, you look at the hundred mile an hour fastball and the crazy splitter and the good hook. And then you look at the massive power that he has offensively and you say, wow, these tools scream, let's bring in the young fans. Let's show them the most exciting player baseball's yeah. ever seen. But those same tools and the ability to do both also resemble the best player in your ragtag sandlot game right? Shohei Otani is just the best guy on the field every time he comes out there, because not only is he the best pitcher, he's the best hitter too. And I think that's what the old guard of baseball fan just loves because he's that pure ball player, but he's also as toolsy as someone has ever been created. 
Well, the craziest thing too is Marlins' average attendance is less than ten thousand a game. I think it's closer to nine thousand a game. And for that Otani start, there was uh, almost nineteen thousand people in attendance. So, you know, almost doubling up. You know, their their average butts and seats just because Shohei Otani was playing there. Even that guy can get people to go to Marlins games. I think that says a lot. And he's going to be very expensive. <laughs> yeah, That's the problem because the Angels have the ninth highest payroll of any team in baseball. What are they going to do? You is have it, to choose. asinine to even consider trading him at this point? Yes. yes. I think, are they yeah. going to sign think... him for $100 million a year? Uh, maybe so here's the thing you gotta pay him 50 for the 50 on the mound and then 50 at the plate give him ownership of the team (laughs) give him equity dude listen how much is that worth for the angels who can't win you got to think about the pros and cons here though because obviously he's going to be the most expensive player we've ever seen on an average annual value basis right like he's going to be do you think he's a 50 million a year guy yeah, has to be. Has to be. Judge, Judge might be a $50 million a year guy if he signs like a really short-term type contract. Like if the Dodgers 50. come out and give him four years, $200 million or something like that and just say, would you mind coming? But then again, he denied seven years for 230 So I don't know why, but it's going to be have to be that sort of deal unless someone wants to give him a 10-year deal. But with Otani, you'd probably give him a shorter-term deal for crazy amounts of money. Before you hopped on the Zoom, Arm and I were talking about basketball money and how Nikola Jokic has a $60 million player option at the end of his deal, and Carl Anthony Towns is averaging like $56 million a year. I, I think we're going to see NBA money with Shohei Otani, right? Have to. Have to. And look at Scherzer. So Scherzer's making 43.3333333. Like he's repeating. a pitcher. Yeah, you can and he's the, a pitcher. Repeating. Otani's almost as good. Yeah, so just Otani needs to be a, a $7 million hitter. Um, I think he is that. Um, and I know it's not that basic A to B, but like, but it almost, it almost is. is to a degree, yeah. you know, like, and, yeah, it and is. value wise, you're, you're getting that it's worth it. If you have the money, it's a no brainer. The problem is freaking Anthony Rendon and, and, and that money tied up, but they are getting Justin Upton off the books after this year, which opens up some money. Uh, and obviously Mike Trout is taken care of uh, financially. Uh, but but how do you really build much of a team around those two guys when you've already struggled to do that? Now you have 100 million tied up in two players, 135 million if you add in, you know, Rendon. That's higher than I think that's like a top what 15 payroll with just three players. How are yeah. you supposed to do that? And, and and the Angels have a lot to figure out because are they going to trade Cindergard? You know, here at the deadline, or are they going to try and ride it all the way out? I think you have to almost ride it all the way out. So have they can buy. never really be sellers and reset. So they're stuck in the purgatory because you can't yeah. burn it down with Otani and Trout, but they also don't have the resources to go all in. And now they're just stuck in the middle. And and I don't really know what they do. Like, what what would you do? Do you have an answer? Because I don't have an answer because the rest of their team is garbage. That's the problem. It's like after, you know, even Jared, except Walsh for Michael Stefanik, by the way, yeah, except for, for Michael Stefanik. Agree. Yeah. Um, and Taylor the, Ward <laughs> and Taylor Ward. And, you know, Max Stassi is decent. I mean, they got, they got okay guys, but they don't have more elite players yet besides those two guys. And even Taylor Ward has taken a little bit of a step back. Yeah. Do we expect Taylor Ward to put up an incredible first half and continue that through the second I don't know. I think that might be a little bit tough for him considering he's never done it before when put it past him. But again, 
it's tough to predict that. And that's a, you got to rely on on Taylor Ward. Like that's the thing. It's like Taylor Ward should be that like bonus that you're getting. Exactly. Right? The guy that's like putting you over the top, not the guy that you're like, oh, I hope he can he can contribute. And uh, Brandon Marsh has been a big disappointment too. That that yeah. sucks because I love Brandon Marsh and I think he's going to be a good ball player. But I think that's the, you know the circumstances of them just being bad. I think he's pressing a little bit. I think there's a lot of things at hand here. Yeah. But it seems like all the guys that you were kind of hoping to make that leap haven't. You mentioned Walsh, like he's good, but, you know, not really. If anything, he's taken a half step back this year. And then pitching wise, better, but still not great. And and no one's really stepped up in that regard. They're they're just kind of stuck in the middle. And I don't really know what to, what they should do. I would probably call this season a wash in about a week or so if it doesn't, you know, if they don't get hot and just cash in on some resources and and. Try it again next year. But who remember, can you dish out? Cindergard. Who else? I mean, remember Lorenzen? we were praising Michael Lorenzen. His ERA is four nine four right now. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think there's still a juicy bit of value here. I agree. Jack, the expected stats say he's going to get better. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> That's awesome to hear. But they should point, call yeah. everybody. Call yeah. everybody. I don't know. Have you seen the expected yeah, stats? Look at the lowercase X on <laughs> on pitcher list. Check those out. Give me a now ring back. Time to buy low. <laughs> no, this time to buy low. XERA is a full point lower than his original ERA. But at the end of the day, he has not performed well. And Patrick Sandoval, you know, he's still nasty. I still like him, but again, hasn't performed that well. There's nobody on this team, even Mike Trout. Have you seen this slump that bad. he's been in? Trout's he went through bad. two weeks of not hitting anything. And when he faced the Orioles last night, didn't do anything again. It's what's going on with Mike Trout. Shohei Otani is winning games by himself. He pitches, and then he's the best hitter on the team. It's it's a one-man show right now, and you need Mike Trout to be even Mike better Trout. than Ohio Otani for them to be really good, and he's he hasn't been good lately. So, so not, not only has he been bad lately or not good lately, like he's been – Dreadful. Not, just a different player in a lot of regards. Like zone contact is the number one thing I look at. And he, he, like, he's a guy that's going to always have some swing and miss in his game. It's It's the way his – approach is designed like yeah. he is never going to miss a pitch middle and down and he's going to swing through some pitches elevated but right. his zone contact is at the lowest it's been of his entire career which is oh. legitimately just the percentage of pitches in the zone that you swing at that you make contact with he's been around the upper 80s his entire career which is crazy by the which, way That's which is really solid for the power that he develops yeah 74.9 percent this year that's mm. down 10 percent from his career average. Generally, that's what happens when a guy's, you know, bat slowing down, bad swing decisions, mostly the former. I'm not saying he's, you know, aging and slowing down, but something's not right physically with him, I think. I don't know if he's playing through something. I don't know if his timing's off. I don't know what it is, but he's definitely out of sorts right now, and he's swinging through more pitches in the zone than he ever has. He he hit five home runs in a series against the Mariners, and then ever since then, zilch. It's weird. It's weird. It's so can I run you through the multi-year like spending payroll for the angels? Um, <laughs> because if Shohei just turned 28 years old, 10 days ago, um, he, he enters. Yeah. Happy belated birthday. Shohei. Uh, he enters his ar- arbitration. He enters his third year of arbitration, even though he signed that two year, eight and a half million dollar deal. So he's making five and a half this year. He enters his only arbitration year next year. What does the arbitration number look like? I don't know. Probably just shy of 20. You think? I think yeah, so. there's no precedence. 
Hey, there really is no, no precedent. No There's no precedent. So it's going to be the highest arbitration number we've ever seen, I think. Yeah. So, so Shohei is going to get that, but then he hits the open market here. And what do you do if you're the Angels? Because like you mentioned, there, there's a ton of money wrapped up here. In 2024, which is the first year that Shohei is off the books, the Angels still have $112 million allocated to guys on the roster. So how do you do that? Do you pay Shohei his 50 to $55 million annually and pump that number up? and have the rest of the team continue to suck? Or do you let him walk and go do that? Because the, the contract that Shohei Otani is going, to, is going to sign is going to hamper the team that signs him. They can't do much roster-wise anywhere else if you get Shohei Otani, unless you're the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Mets and you don't give a single shit about money. The thing is with the Angels, if they lose Shohei Otani, what is this team? Yeah, I nothing. mean they're terrible. There's they, still I mean, nothing. Do they consider trading Mike Trout? I don't mean to get crazy, but at some point you have to just drag it all down. Arm, tell me how bad this farm system is. On top of this, it's not great. Um, they've their pit their pitching's better because they've drafted forty pitchers in the last. Yeah, you know, three it has years. to be better in twenty rounds. But even but Jack, the system's not Detmers good. Is they're, not performing just, that well either. The system's not good. They don't have many bats. They don't have much there. Like it, it's that's why I look at it and I'm like, you got to just figure it out. I, I don't know how. You got to hope you catch lightning in a bottle. You got to hope you find a couple more Taylor Wards and, and go from there. But they're in trouble and and they're kind of stuck in between. I also want to talk about the Jays too because I think the Jays are in a weird spot as well. Not nearly as bad, uh, but I, I would say still, if you're the Angels, you have the best player arguably of the modern era in Mike Trout. And then you have the only guy that could probably dethrone him of that right now in Shohei Otani, who's, we know what he is. Like I, you just have to keep trying and they, they might fail forever, but I feel like you just have to keep trying with those two until you can't anymore. But when can you not anymore? When That's they the can't, when they suck, <laughs> I'm riding that out. Like I, you have to, I, I just, I just don't know how you can really like optically your franchise is destroyed. If, if you, part with either of those guys oh, dude you, you can't is it is it destroyed i mean if you part with both of yeah. them and say you know what we're just yeah. ha- we're gonna have to have a full rebuild are it's you gonna destroyed. lose all angel fans is it yes. done yeah or do you think angels fans could understand we're in this spot we haven't won with this team no. anyway we need a reset i'd no. be interested to see i want to pull some of my angel friends you know it's um i i think that's more drastic than soto i think if the nationals trade mm-hmm. Juan soto they're gonna lose a ton of fans but some will still be there. If the Angels decided to ship off Otani and Trout, I can't imagine an all-time fan. attendance dip. I think it would but be. See, oh my I almost God. disagree all-time. about. I almost disagree about the Nationals part because with the Nationals, you're trading a 22, 23 year old, like unbelievable superstar that should only be getting better. Mike Trout, at the end of the day, is 30 years old, and he's been with the, with the Angels for a very long time now. And show Otani, I get that. That would be drastic. But at the end of the day, we're comparing nuclear bombs on both sides. I'm no. not saying. One is that much better. I just think if the Nationals were to trade Juan Soto, that might be more drastic than trading and parting ways with a guy making $340 million and Shohei Otani making $60 million a year. One team's trading Ted Williams. The other's trading Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is really hard. It's hard for it's both really sides. Hard. I think it's harder for the team trading Mantle and Ruth than, than Ted Williams. It's crazy. You know you know, what would be a great idea? <laughs> a good solution? Just just building a good team around around those those that's guys. So great. That's a good one. I like that. They Scouting, should try it. Drafting, developing, <laughs> identifying. Developing. Yeah. Here's the thing with me, and this is the last thing I want to say on the Angels is, like, 
why can't you just sign the Mark Cannas of the world? Like where, where are the, you know, Brandon Nimmo is going to be a free agent, but like, I know he wants to play center, but my point is like, there's some really good players that you can get for 10 to 15 million AAV. Why is it so hard for the angels? Mark Canna would be perfect for them. Like infield versions of those guys. Like what we could look through free agency over the last few years. And they've always gone for the home run when they already have the home run there with Trout and Otani. Get good complimentary players. Get good players that balance out a roster instead of just shelling out money for Rendon and trying to build a super team. It's not basketball. It's different. You need balance. You need a good team. I think the Mets have kind of shown that. They didn't just add studs. They also added role players and things like that as well. And I think that's the big issue with the Angels through the years. Okay, and so- um- Oh, no, I was just going to say to add to that Mets point, they did did give Francisco Lindor $340 million, and he's the fifth hey. best hitter on the Mets right now. 341. Yeah. One 341. more than Tatis. 341. Very important Excuse to him. Very you know important. that's very important, important to, to him. I agree. Tell me, I agree. You're, tell me you're self-conscious without telling me that you're self-conscious. <laughs> I need one more million dollars than Fernando Tatis. Yeah. Um, but my point there, I was going to put an asterisk next to that because – the old guard of the Angels always went for the home run. We have Correct. not really seen Perry Manassian get a exactly. real crack at free agency yet. Exactly. I'm, I, and that's the thing is that Perry Manassian's inherited a mess, right? Like yeah, he inherited the Pujols contract. He inherited Rendon. He inherited Upton. He inherited the farm system. He inherited everything. Um, and, and this season has been, you know, a disaster. You can't really blame Perry. We like a lot of the moves that they made. I think they gave themselves a shot. We gave them an working. A plus in the offseason. Yeah, we did give them an A plus. Instead of not now when. Yes. They look great. But never yet. seems but yes, let's give Perry. Uh when, when we talk about the Angels, it's more the franchise as a whole. But Perry Manassian could end up helping with just a change of ideology and a change of approach. Let's see what he does. This coming free agency. They will have some money opening up because they don't need to pay Otani just yet. Let's see what it looks like this offseason. We started so positive on Shohei Otani, and then this casual Friday turned into just Halo slander. I mean, just ridiculous. We, we immediately went down. So let's keep That's the so negative train though. rolling. Tarek Skubal sucks now. Let's talk about Tarek Skubal here. I, the, the recent game log has just been brutal. He went seven scoreless innings, just two hits uh, against him on June 1st against Minnesota. Since then, Tarek Skubal, Seven innings, three earned. Fine. Then four innings, four earned. Five innings, five earned. Four and two-thirds, six earned. Four and two-thirds, three earned. Four and two-thirds, five earned. He was a quality start machine at the beginning of the year, and now he's walked multiple guys in each of his last five appearances. His strikeout numbers are way down. The hit numbers against him are inflated, and of course the ERA is shot through the roof. What's going on here? I mean, he can't get out of the fifth inning recently. That's three straight starts that he has not gotten through the fifth. And he's still rocking when we overall look at his walk rate. It's about 6.6%. That's actually the lowest rate of his career. But again, these guys who aren't commanding the ball within the strike zone and leaving balls middle, middle, that's the problem. When you look at the heat map on the slider, right in the middle of the zone, four seam fastball, it's supposed to be located up, but then there's this big red dot right in the middle of the zone. The sinker right in the middle of the zone change up right in the middle of the zone. This is what is killing Jose Barrios. You can have great stuff, but if you leave stuff middle, middle, exactly what happened to Aaron Nola last year, commanding within the strike zone, you can throw a lot of strikes, but when everything is middle and you know strikes are coming, big league hitters will hit you regardless of how good that stuff is. So 
in my opinion, what I've been seeing is that Tarek Skubal is just leaving pitches down the middle. He's not walking a crazy amount. He's not like the Matt Mannings of the world who put up a five walk performance or the Glenn Autos where they walk everybody in sight. But it's it's a couple of walks here and it's balls middle middle and he gets crushed because his well, stuff is good, but it's not excellent for him to be able to get away with that. I think with Skubal too, though, it, he he was one of those guys that has like always rode the fastball all the way up through the minor leagues. Like he was throwing at 70% of the time through the yeah. minor leagues. And just, it was such a good fastball that he would just blow up by guys. Then he struggled in the beginning of his big league career because he tried to lean on that fastball heavily and big leaguers can hit it. No matter how good the fastball is, you cannot throw fastball 70% of the time because guys will hit it. It's Unless big you're Strider. Unless you're Spencer Strider, who's, who's a freak show. but And even then, I think guys will start to adjust. Yeah. Uh, with with Scooble, it seems like he's just falling behind hitters more and more. You talk about the walks, you know, over the last you know handful of starts. Got to lean on the fastball now. And you got hitters sitting 2-0 heater. And especially if you miss middle-middle, you're even more fucked. But yeah. guys are sitting 2-0. Even if you hit your spot, they're they're hunting elevated heater. And they're going to knock it out of the yard. And. I, that's the problem with Scooble is he can't really afford to fall behind as much because he's not the kind of pitch ability dude that's going to steal a strike with a change up when he's behind in the count. Good point. He's done it a little bit more, but not nearly as much. The slider is great, but like, again, if he misses over the middle with that when he's trying to steal a strike, guys will still hit that. So he, he's in trouble right now. I think he's going to work through it, but I think it could be a couple of more ugly starts until he figures out whatever's out of sorts. It might just be a mechanical tweak. It might be a little thing here or there, but right now the command has just gone wayward. Dude, how and, long can he mentally and emotionally survive a couple more rough starts here? Because he's lost five straight decisions. I mean, <laughs> he's he's 0-5 in his last five starts. That's pretty hard to do in this era of baseball. It's, yeah. it's pretty hard to do if I, – I, it would be really mentally affecting me if it was Jose Barrios in a playoff race with the Blue Jays. But at the end of the day, it's the after Tigers. Paid. Yeah, after getting paid. Like, he's still just working through it. But I think it's – I think just to contextualize like that game log of what he's done throughout the season, he had a three, nine, two ERA in April started off very pretty strong, but then may he was excellent. 31 innings, 35 strikeouts, 1.45 ERA. Then July, he was terrible. 5.85 ERA. And then he just got crushed in July. It's just been worse and worse and worse and worse. I do to arms point. I do think he'll get better, but should we talk about another tigers pitcher? (laughs) Erod, how he's just gone dark. Cool. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, for, well, first of all, like, I hope he's okay. You yeah, know, yeah, I, I hope everything's maybe good. I shouldn't have laughed, but it's just weird. No, it's it's pretty wild because, like, assuming that he is like all right, how do you not answer your team? Like, so, so the report was initially right that he was on the restricted list to to tend to some some internal family family issues. issues. Yeah. Oh. Um. John Heyman got a little bit more specific with his report on that. But regardless, I, I don't know if I can remember a story where a player goes ghost on his team, especially for this long. And also right after he signed an $80 million deal, uh, just, just very strange to leave your team totally in the dark there on what's going on. And, and I, how did the Tigers even handle that? You show up to his house. What do you do? I mean, it's so it's a marital issue. And here's what Alavila said. We, we've reached out, but obviously he hasn't reached out back. So we're just kind of waiting it out. It is unusual, but we have no choice but to wait it out right now and see what develops as we move forward. I, I, I don't know how that works, man. I mean, because obviously mar- marital issue, that sounds terrible. Like hope 
hope everything's okay there. And, you know, if it, if it is messy, hope that it gets sorted out quickly and any rod isn't too screwed up by it because that, that sucks. And you got to deal with that personal shit. But I mean, yeah, I'm with you. You remember when Derek Rose, like, didn't tell the Knicks yes, where he was? That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. yeah. It was like, like for a day. It was for a game. It was, yeah. Like he, he wasn't, he wasn't there. We were about an hour prior to tip off and the Knicks said they have no idea where Derek Rose is. And everybody was panicking. And like, yeah. here's Erod going dark for three weeks. That's insane. Well, in any other, in any other context in this, in life, man, like you go dark on your, your, your employer for There's three weeks. There's a search. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I'm being a dick here. But at the end of the day, like you have to respond. You just got paid $80 million. I understand yes. that it can be a tough road ahead. I understand. So you got to step problem. away. Just let them know. But yes. Let them know. I mean, a text, everyone has their iPhone on. What is Erod doing on his phone? Did he throw his phone in the ocean for three months? You know, it's on him. Everybody's got their phone on you. That's why when you don't get a text back from someone, they saw it. They're just not answering you. That's what Erod's doing. He knows to be like, hey, even I'm having this marital issue right now. Can I contact you in a week? Then at least the Tigers are like, okay, we understand. We'll get this text in a week or something. Going dark after you $80 million? Like that wouldn't, that doesn't fly. Sorry. I'm going to use that preface moving forward. I might sound like a dick here. <laughs> I might sound like a dick. All the time now. But I mean, that doesn't fly. And maybe it'll come out and that take will just bite me in the ass because it's way worse than I thought. But like, is it way worse than I'm thinking? Like, you got, unless, unless he's going through something really, really serious, like mentally, I just don't see how you can't shoot a message like, hey guys, going through it right now. I'll be back in hopefully a month or whatever, or, or indefinitely. I'm going to be out indefinitely. I need to tend to a personal issue. Like what about, even if you're upset with the front office, what about contacting your teammates? Yeah. No one, no one's heard from just someone. Just talk to someone. Yeah. I don't know if, it, if it's that. Reach out to cool. Riley Green. He seems cool. Just yeah. He seems really cool. Hey, here's the thing. Um, I've been to therapy. It, it helps to talk to somebody. Yes, it does. It does. It's wild. It does Highly help. recommend you don't go dark. Um, but Erod, I don't think he's listening to the just baseball show. I think he's, he's going through some important stuff, but you know what, if you got to reach out to a therapist, do it. Uh, but I would recommend reaching out to a buddy and, and talking a little bit. Um, Hey, quick question in regards to the pitching leaderboards on fan graphs. How the fuck is Kevin Gosman still the leader in F4? Makes no sense. It almost makes you want to throw the F war for pitchers out the window, because that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make I, sense. I don't get it. It's FIP. FIP. Yeah. It's like FIP. it's FIP at one, six, seven, but like, so Gosman is three tenths of a win ahead of Sandy and Sandy has thrown 123 innings. Gosman has thrown 88 innings. That's why win probability added is so much cooler for pitchers. So the, the reason why is I can tell you, I like basically it's just the way that it, you know, the FIP is calculated is really ultimately the biggest thing that you can do to, to, to destroy your FIP is walk dudes, right? Because that is a, a pitching independent thing that you control by yourself. And not that Sandy Alcantara is walking a ton of dudes, but I mean, Kevin Gossman doesn't really walk anybody. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of the, the big standout thing. The two biggest things that can kill your FIP are walks and homers. Those are the two things that Gossman does not do. Doesn't walk dudes, doesn't give up homers. So I'm running a fly ball rates like 2%. And his walk rate is one of the lowest in the league. So he's always going to be that one like outlier, you know, that, that kind of, even though he's really good, 
he's always going to overperform in the in the advanced metrics because he's he's kind of a unicorn in today's game. Everybody get even good pitchers give up homers, and we know for sure good pitchers walk dudes. Uh, but Gosman is is unique in that regard. By good pitchers, you mean McClanahan gives up homers, right? Yeah, he's got a sixteen percent home run to fly ball. Rate. That's <laughs> yeah, he gives way too high. It's coming in that is hot. hot. It's coming in hot, and he, he locates high. Like sometimes he can just kind of Some- get. And he sometimes will leave a slider over the middle, but I mean, he's still so good. I'd rather McClanahan than freaking Kevin Gosman's F4. So, you know, are you sure? F4 is usually the tiebreaker for standings, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, what really interests me is um, Framber Valdez has a 15% home run to fly ball rate. I thought that bowling ball would never get hit out of the ballpark ever. So that's another funny stat quirk. It's a stat quirk. It's a stat quirk because he has the highest ground ball rate, like, ever in the history of baseball, I think. And so the, the portion of fly balls that we have to pull from are so small that when the ball does oh. get in the air, it leaves a yard and it's a small sample size. So like no one hits fly balls and the few people that do, they like really caught one and hit it out. So he's got the high ho- a home run to fly ball rate, but like the total number of fly balls, I would bet my life is the lowest. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, hey, I've got two more things that I want to hit. The first one is the sympathy all-stars. And what, was the, what was the official word said by Rob Manfred for Miguel Cabrera Leg- and Albert Pujols? Legacy all-stars? Legacy all-stars. I think that's right. Mickey, isn't that I almost understand. like an oxymoron? Because it's I, like, isn't yeah. that a Hall of Famer? Yes. Like, no, like all-star is current. The current all-star. Any active Hall of Famer will get uh, an all-star nomination. They will be an all-star. And Miggy makes sense. Miggy's hitting over 300. Good for him. If the Tigers were going to have one all-star, it's probably Miguel Cabrera. But Albert Pujols, are we serious? Pujols in 45 games so far this year is hitting 200 with a 624 OPS. Why, Rob? Legacy all-star? Do you think Robinson Cano is going to the AAA legacy all-star game? <laughs> uh, there's no all-star game in AAA, but I would absolutely love to see a uh, SpongeBob-themed jersey. I'll I was going to say. Uh, Robinson Cano uh, in the AAA all-star game. No, but the, I feel like the um, the all-stars from the Tigers should be some of their bullpen guys. Michael Fulmer, Gregory Soto. Oh, they've no. had one of the best bullpens in baseball the entire year. And no. honestly, it might be a little bit criminal if Miguel Cabrera goes to the all-star game instead of one of those guys. Like, they deserve it. While at the same time, Miguel Cabrera has had, you know, you know, he's put the ball in play and his batting average is pretty solid, but everything else, I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Everything else is not very good. I love Miguel Cabrera. Arm, I know you're smiling at me being like, you better not say shit. No, I know. I'm just, I'm giving you my obligatory. No, he, he belongs in the all-star game and he should be actually be starting. You don't, um, think, but, you don't think an 063 isolated power is all-star worthy. <laughs> Here's the funniest part about it is, is Miguel Cabrera is hitting 308. And, and this is just modern baseball 101. Yeah. He's hitting 308 and he's technically below a replacement level player. He's a negative <laughs> 0.1 F4. Baseball is so fun. It's so stupid. Because any other year we'd be like, oh, like career resurgence. If this was like 15 years ago, like he's back. But I, look, I, it is awesome to see him just just being like a good hitter still. I know he's not, you know, doing anything crazy. But the fact that he's not Albert Pujols level bad and he's like putting the ball in play and he's hitting 308. And I mean, the power is totally gone. And I think he it's part of his plan at this point, right? Like he knows he just doesn't have it like that anymore. So just spray the ball all over the field. He has a ridiculous, like probably some of the best barrel control we've ever seen. And he just flicks the ball wherever. And you know what? I'm here for it because he's just compiling those career stats, adding to the hit totals. 
I'm cool. You can justify him being in the all-star game. Like, you know, like we said, obviously there's more, there's more worthy guys, but fucking Miguel's hitting 308. Pujols, it's his last year. So like, I get it. But you know, th- this guy is literally an anchor to his team. This isn't Jeter getting elected in his last game. Jeter was still or in his last season. Jeter was still playing every day and was yeah. still like a decent shortstop. player. You know, Pujols he was a playing platoon. shortstop every day. He was like, losing Pujols defensive run saves like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> Pujols is a platoon DH so <laughs> against tough. lefties, which it's... is the the, the lesser plat- half of the platoon, yeah, I and mean, and not so even that good. Justify. And I've never really liked the fan vote. Uh, I'm sorry. As like a baseball fan, I've never really liked the fan vote because the American League in 2015 or 2016, it just turned into the Royals infield, right? The National League has turned into the Cubs infield at points. Like that's that's just how it works when you have a good team and teams just stuffing the ballot box here. And we had a ton of Blue Jays as all-star finalists. And on the final day of voting, uh, Rogers goes down, which is an internet provider in the Toronto area. So chances are there are not going to be a lot of Blue Jays starters because of an internet outage. I don't think that we should be um, basing all-star starters on internet outages and on fan votes here, because like, again, you have sympathy votes for guys like this. And I mean, if Albert Pujols is an all-star, who does that knock out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, does that knock out a, a Brandon Drury? I probably know. Or are the Legacy All-Stars the bonus? Yeah, the Reds need one. Are they bonus? But are they bonus or does it count from the regular? I think it's bonus. Know? I do think it's bonus. I think each team gets an extra player. They just get their own, like, Camaro that they'll go around the warning track and wave to the fans in? Yeah, it would not be fair if they took a, a role from another player. I, I feel like it's a bonus player. But also just ending on the Legacy part, we don't have to end. We can keep talking about it because it's a hilarious conversation. Shouldn't Adam Wainwright maybe get it? Yeah, I know Adam yeah. Wainwright's coming to the end of his career, and he's actually performed pretty well, and he's pools. still pitching. And I bet he could get three outs in the All-Star game and actually perform instead of just kind of wave to the crowd. And if we're talking about age, like Miguel Cabrera is 39 years old, and Wainwright's 39 years old. You know, Albert Pujols might be 60. But, I mean, yeah. Adam Wainwright deserves Wayno's it. Wayno's good. Like, Wayno's, Wayno's good. has got a 3-2-6 ERA. Like, he's, he just continues Wayno's to show. 96 innings. Yeah. Like that, you could justify that one. I, I agree. I, and and actually, I, I, I love say, Pujols. Wainwright's 40. Wainwright's even older than Miguel Cabrera. I, I almost just think, just like, call it something else. Like, is this going to go on his baseball reference page as like a little all star? Yes. You know, like, yes. that, that, that's what I don't like. I want him involved. Don't get me wrong. I want him involved, but like, I don't know. I'm torn on it. I'm torn on it because I think he's earned it in some regards in terms of his career to like, you know, be a part of this one last time. But I am very torn on what the distinction should be and like what you call it. I will say though, he does have uh, Albert Pujols has a better OPS than obviously El Garcia. So <laughs> no, that, that's my threshold for all-star. Is Avi Garcia going to be uh, an all-star this year? Um, no, I think he's a couple years away from getting that legacy selection as well. I understand. Yeah. Just a couple more years with a 490 OPS, right? What's his OPS sitting at right now? Probably like 540, 550. Uh, I haven't I haven't checked. I just know that Pujols has a higher one because I saw my buddy TWM um, yeah, tw- tweet me. it. Yes, yeah, uh, he, he tweeted it out with with the clip of Logic on stage performing. Uh, <laughs> you know what song I'm going to talk about? Yeah. But Avi, Avi <laughs> Garcia's OPS is 583. Oh, jeez, barf. Um, 0.098 I, he ISO. Up, he puts up some of the worst at bats I've seen from dude. Opinion. It's it's impressive. Oh. I mean, it's almost like it, it's, it looks like me in the already. show. It looks like me in the show. Like I just, have you seen the percentile rankings. I'm, I'm not looking at it right now, but I assume the way that the chase is, is one percentile. 
first percentile. Oh wow, he, he actually he, he got better. What do you think whiff is? First percentile. Third. Oh. <laughs> what do you think walk is? That's got to be first percentile. First percentile. Damn. Let's go. <laughs> what about outfielder jump in the outfield? Because maybe he's playing a little bit better defense. Eighth outfielder jump fire. Yeah. Fourth percentile. Uh, fourth. Eighth. <laughs> All right. I doubled him up. Damn. What is he good at? Is there is there exit velo? It's got to be high. Max exit velo, 98th percentile. Let's go. But then bro. average exit velo, 30th percentile. <laughs> so that that's the that's the funniest. That juxtaposition is always funny to me because it's like this guy is capable of being really good, but he, but sucks. he sucks. Like that's what those two bars tell me next to each other. Like this guy could hit the ball really hard, but he he just can't do it frequently. Oh God. Well, that was fun. Man. Yeah. All right. He's hey, last fast. thing for me. Do you guys want to go rapid fire through the futures game roster? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like I want two words, three words max from each guy. And I'll rattle off each guy. And like we'll lean on arm heavy on this, but Peter, raise your finger if you want to add something on some guy. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Uh, I'm gonna run through the national excited for Peter's American Jason League. Dominguez two words. Um <laughs> It's going to be like, I'm telling you, we're going to go rapid fire and we're going to get through like all 50 names that are appearing on this. You ready? Okay. okay. Ready uh, starting pitchers nationally. Andrew Abbott. Awesome. <laughs> Mike Burrows. Resurgence or I don't know, step like next level this year. I love Wait, him. Can you, uh, can you name the team? Oh, I'll name the too? team. Good yeah. Give the team too. That. Yeah. So yeah. Reds, Andrew Abbott lefty you know steel steel is my word steel from the draft i like that mike burrows i i've seen him he's an indianapolis indian right exploding. now. exploding exploding stuff ticked mm. up mid-90s fastball gross curveball he's really good Cade cavalli from the nationals he's resurgent he had seven perfect the other day Ooh, yeah i saw him in the futures game bowling ball fastball bayou like little a little bit of that louisiana bayou yes Ooh, okay kyle harrison with the giants disgusting lefty yeah uh antoine kelly with the brewers i don't know anything <laughs> i've also never heard of that man bobby miller with the dodgers nasty fuzz but needs to uh improve secondaries overpowering really? is my word for bobby miller mm. uh eric miller with the phillies interesting i've never seen that name before it explains the system i think yuri perez with the marlins Young prodigy, as Zach McCambly said. What about the next Sandy? He could uh, be. Could be. Jared Schuster with the Braves. Why? Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, actually, fastest worker ever. Is, oh, my is, God, dude. He's Mark Burley. Um, Francisco Alvarez with the Mets. Muscle hamster. Thump. Top <laughs> prospect in baseball. Diego Cartaya with the Dodgers. Really good. Young stud. Henry Davis with the Pirates. Same thing. <laughs> Going to be great. Get healthy. Logan O'Hoppy with the Phillies. Emergent. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Catcher can swing it. Burst onto the scene. Darren Baker with the Nats. Name recognition. Yeah, it's because his dad is the manager. Darren, nice guy. Um, he was out on the Cape with me, but like, I don't think he's a futures game guy. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz with the Reds. Jason Dominguez, <laughs> everything version. Jason Dominguez was supposed to be freak. Um, Ezekiel Tovar with the Rockies. The next great shortstop, Jeremy Pena 2.0. Wow. Whoa. With the Rockies, right? Yeah. He's got the top 10 Rockies prospects on yeah. just baseball.com. Really good two. insight. 
2023 rookie of the year. Oh my God, wow. dude. Oh my God. Recency so, bias. No. Are, so is who's going to play shortstop? So is it not going to be Brendan Rodgers? Is he not going to play shortstop? Like, yeah. Tovar's I mean, going to yeet that man somewhere else. I yeah, don't know what. Maybe, maybe like. play second uh, and then McMahon at third. I bet he plays second, and then when Amador is ready, which is like 2028, 20, right? <laughs> Although Jeez. Amador might be ready by like 2024, 2025. Yeah. So we'll see. Miguel Vargas with the Dodgers. Still underrated. Yeah, somehow. Um, David VR with the Giants. Another breakout guy. He's a big leaguer. I think he needs to be replaced. Interesting. Uh, Jordan Walker with the Cardinals. Wonderkin. Mm-hmm. I, superstar. Mason Wynn with the Cardinals. <laughs> Wonderkin 2.0. Another <laughs> freak show. Uh, Cardinals have such a good system. And a two-way guy. Uh, the National League outfield is fucking incredible. Corbin Carroll with the Diamondbacks. Complete player. Jackson Chorio with the Brewers. That is one of the biggest emergent names right now in the minor leagues. Yeah. Watch out for him. Pete Crow Armstrong with the Cubs. Javier Baez. Javier, that was, that's the best answer possible. <laughs> Javier Baez. Uh, gamer. Best defensive outfielder in minor league baseball. That catch, by oh the way. Oh, my God, dude. Insane. Oh. And just to contextualize, Pete Armstrong was traded for two months of Javier Baez, and now this is what they're saying for everyone listening about yes. Pete Armstrong. So have fun Correct. with that. Was Correct. it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> Robert Hassel with the Padres. Arms obsessed. Oh, my gosh. There's five tools. Zach Veen with the Rockies. Five better tools. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Uh, American League now. Brian Bale. Uh, not a great debut, but this guy is, is one of the biggest steals in international free agency in a while. You should not be allowed in the Futures game if you've ever played in a big league game. Yeah, I think he's out now you. too. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like, uh, what, the Olympics, right? Jaron Duran was an Olympian, but he should have been with the Red Sox. Um, yeah. yeah. Taj Bradley with the Rays. Special fastball has been dominant this year. Hunter Brown with the Astros. Prove me wrong. I'll tell you that. I, I did not think he would take the leap this year. Could be a big league arm for them. Kai Bush with the Angels. Tough lefty. Tough to pick right. up. Deceptive. Uh, how about Wilmer Flores with the Tigers? Related to Wilmer Flores of no the Giants. Yes, they're both brothers. They're both Wilmer Flores. Uh, one of the nastiest sliders in the minor leagues. Emerson Hancock with the Mariners. Like Pitchability, that. which is surprising, but stuff starting to come back. Dude, the command. Is he 97 right now? Is he 97 again? He's getting back up there, yeah. yeah. But the command is, is way better than I thought it would be. Bro, he took a little bit from Kirby. Yeah. So I'm in on him. Uh, Jack Leiter with the Rangers. Special talent. Enough said. Fire hydrant. <laughs> his, his quads are insane. Ricky Tiedemann with the Blue Jays. What a quick riser this guy has been. Disgusting. Every, that's going to be the one guy that everyone's like, who is this guy? You know, like when we were at the Futures game, there was a couple guys that Peter and I were like, whoa, he'll yeah. be that guy this year. Cade Cavalli was that guy at the fe- yeah. at that Futures game. It was, whoa, this guy throws fuzz. Because it's 100, but we saw Luis Medina, too. Different it was different hundreds. 100. It was harder. It was Watch faster. Tiedemann. I saw it with my face. Jay's with Tiedemann. Face. With your <laughs> my whole face. My whole face saw it, not just my eyes. Damn, my mouth, bro. I could feel it. I could hear it. Everything. Yeah, all five senses firing, uh, including the sixth sense. 
Um, all right, Aram, no words from you on this one. Ken Waldachuk with the Yankees, Peter. I think he could be a good three in a rotation, but I also think there's a possibility that the Yankees trade him at the deadline because now he's at the tip top top of his kind of thing. And that's what the Yankees do more often than not. Cause the Yankees have the deepest farm system. I was only held to two words. How about, um, I think he could be better than Jordan Montgomery. Okay. Uh, arms give me a nod. Yes, I agree. Okay. He's nodding. Um, I've never heard this name before. Uh, Yasver Zulueta with the blue Jays arm. You got me. You got me stumped, dude. I know a lot about him. Um, Um, catchers, Yainer Diaz with the Astros. Honestly, came out of nowhere, but surprised that he's a futures game guy. Yeah. Dylan Dingler with the Tigers. Athletic catcher. Yeah. Free last name. Varsho Light. Varsho Light. I like that. Catcher with speed. He can play center. Shea Langoliers with Oakland. Centerpiece in the Olsen deal. Wow. Overpass Shea. Shea's good, man. Peter, when are you expecting Shea to debut? As soon as they uh, dip off Sean Murphy at the deadline? Yeah, I think Shea Langliers will be in Oakland A on August 1st. <laughs> uh, August 2nd, the deadline is here. True. Yes, yes, you're right. August 2nd. No, okay. but he'll be already up there because Murphy should be gone. Before. Yeah, he'll, he'll be getting his feet wet already. He'll, be, he'll say what's up to Sean on the way out. Also, I'm going to say this for the 85th time on the Just Baseball Show. Guardians, can you go get a fucking catcher, please? Sean Murphy, Wilson Contreras, please. 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 I would like Sean Murphy. Ooh, yeah. I mean, fire. Wilson, obviously, like Wilson would be better, but I would kind of like Sean Murphy in Cleveland. Makes more sense long-term for them. Anything's yeah, better than Hentages. Hentges. 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 Hentges is the pitcher. Hedges is the catcher. Yeah, Hedges. Hedges. I don't – he can't hit. And I'm watching on the Guardians games. They, he, it's just a hole in their lineup. And they could be so much better with a thumper of a catcher. Sean they might be better off DHing for, for Hedges and then letting the pitcher hit. Yes. Sam Hentges, Austin Hedges, same thing. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, hey – one of the best prospects in all of baseball right now, Gunnar Henderson with the Orioles. Yeah, Arm, can you explain that to me real quick? I feel like he just shot up rankings so, so quickly. Out of no, It's not out of nowhere because we always knew he was a really good prospect, but like you go to MLB Pipeline and you see him at five. He's a freak. And I, and I think to myself, five was not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, right? so or am I- last year he was a popular a popular breakout candidate and just didn't quite break out showed flashes, you know, overall the numbers were good, but didn't quite break out. And then this year just kind of kicked it in that gear, younger guy for his level, just putting up power contact and then playing good defense at short. It just kind of was one of those things where everybody's like, ah, there, he finally figured it out. He finally put it all together. And it was like, ready to go so i think it was one of those things where it's like he always had these expectations and didn't quite get there last year michael harris was kind of in the same boat everyone was expecting michael harris to break out last year after what they were hearing at the alternate training site had a good year not great and then exploded this year and it was like boom he's in the same boat and and i think everybody's right with how ridiculously high they are on him yeah uh curtis mead with the rays underrated one of the best hitters in the minors. Yeah. Pot-bellied. Uh, what is it? Pot, bizarre pot-bellied prospect, I think, is what Fangraphs called him. He's a normal-looking dude who rakes, and I think he just hit his 15th home run the other day. John Kenzie Noel with the Guardians. Masher. Masher who walks so up right to 50 Cent with big chains. How <laughs> right were you on him at the beginning of the year? 
<laughs> last are you, year. Are was, you taking your victory laps on John Kenzie Noel yet? When he hits one 400, 530 feet uh, in the Futures game with that big league baseball, is I will take my formal victory lap. Okay. Love that. Cool. Uh, Nick Prado with the Royals. Slowly heating up, but should Love. be in the big leagues right now. And, and, but in terms of like, should be hitting enough to be there. I've never heard this name before. Sedan Raffaella with the Red Sox. Red Sox emergent guy came out of nowhere. Bowman. He's a big Bowman guy. Bowman. Uh, Spencer Steer with the Twins. Power added. That was the thing. He could always hit. Now he got power. What you feeling about Volpe, Peter, with the Yankees? Volpe's heating up again. He's been really, really good lately. And when I saw Anthony Volpe below Gunnar Henderson, I thought to myself, mm, do we really like that? Because Volpe had that amazing breakout season last year, started off the year slow, and since then has got an OPS near 1,000, at least in the last month. Volpe yeah, yeah. is the shortstop of the future for the New York Yankees. And when I say Ken Waldachuk may be traded, Volpe again traded for nobody. Nobody. He, he isn't going anywhere. But then they also have Oswald Praza, who also should be in this Futures game because he's in AAA and he's got a better glove than Volpe and he's hitting. So the Yankees have two of these guys. Then they got Trey Sweeney. I could go for hours. I'm done. The American League should just be the Yankees for the Futures game. Agreed. Man, and the Guardians. Uh, Denzel Clark with the A's is the first outfielder. I never knew who this guy was as head of the year, really. And, and he's been interesting. The A's just – here's how it works. They, they ask teams who they want, and teams give their short list, and then they pick from that short list. So for whatever reason, the A's want to propel Denzel Clark a little bit. But he can swing it. He's got some power. Um, Oscar Colas with the White Sox. You tell us. Uh, you tell you, us, kid. No, you, t- you tell me, Arm. Big pop, doing better than I think a lot of people thought. Uh, put up numbers in Japan. No reason to think that he can't do it here. Yeah. Uh, Yason Dominguez with the uh, Yankees. I've not heard oh. of him. Um, Arms a hater. He has Are you a playing. hater too? Be honest. No, I mean, I was, a, I was a hater with Arm. I mean, it was hard not to be a hater. You get called Mickey Mantle and then you come over and all of those so-called tools, they weren't looking like real tools there, but he's hitting much better lately. Yes. And, and that's, that's a very good sign. I think Colby dropped in. He's got a 132 WRC plus. He's walking as much as he's striking out. And he's still really young. You know, maybe that was just he's grown into his body because he's a, he's a know, good prospect. He's, he's a good just, prospect. He's I think not... that's what we have to realize. He is a yeah. he's a he's a very good prospect who I think should be on all top 100 lists. He's on ours. Yeah. And he, as he should be. And and you could argue he should be top 50, but he won't be a transcendent, incredible player. But I do think that when it's all said and done, we're looking at an above average big leaguer with Jason Dominguez. Yeah, fair. Uh, George Marsh. Valera with the Guardians. Superstar than Jason Dominguez. <laughs> Superstar. Superstar. In every way. Yeah. Yeah. And then last one, Matt Walner with the twins. Masher. Mash. Where did this guy come from? He is murdering baseballs. He was a really good player at Southern Miss. He was really, really good. And he was Southern that- Miss Masher. Yeah, I mean, I love me like, those Mississippi mashers. He was that six-five lanky outfielder that just hit the shit out of the ball, and here he is finally doing it in minor league, making baseball. enough contact now too. This is a loaded. This is a loaded futures game on both sides. I mean, 
I'm going to watch the hell out of it. <laughs> All seven I'm, innings. I'm going to be there in person for the Futures game. I'm also going to be there for the Derby, and I'm going to be there for the All-Star game as well. I'm heading – I'm in – that's why I'm in California right now. You'll see me at the at the Home Run Derby trying to catch fly balls in the outfield and at the Futures game just marveling and texting on me like, who in the world is this <laughs> freak of nature? So the outfield tickets are more expensive than the foul territory tickets for the Home Run Definitely. Derby, right? Definitely. I'm going to get it nailed in the head. I, I think you should like for the content. I, I would say if you make a catch, no, everyone catches baseballs. It's not that cool. I, I, you know, in, in a home run derby, if you put your hands behind your back and just wear it off the head, people are going to be like, this guy's a psycho. Dude. You'll go viral. And yeah, really it just blows viral. down to how much do you care about this business and how much you care about just baseball? You put know your when, hands uh, behind your fucking back you know when, you know and wear it off the head. No, do the happy more days thing. till hockey season. Remember that quote? <laughs> wearing it in the batting cage and also maybe i'll just challenge zach hample i'll just be like i bet i catch more fly balls than you, you let's, go. Weirdo. <laughs> let's go let's yeah. go push his ass out of the way that would be awesome how it's- crazy we just got a text in our group chat and just baseball chat who the fuck is sedan Raffaella from colby <laughs> who knows the, the red sox system like the back of his hand Raffaella can swing it man he's been mashing through OA and has been keeping it going through double colby's a casual what can i say yeah, cash. cash. Mega casual. All right, guys. Uh, everybody enjoy the weekend, and uh, Aram and I will be back to talk to you guys on Monday. Cool? Cool. Also, join our chalkboard group chat. That's in the episode description, and use code JUSTBASEBALL for prize picks to get a full deposit match. Follow us on all of our socials. Those are linked down below. Sweet. And with that, thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody.